0: the official first episode of the People's Academy hosted by yours truly and I just want to thank you all for tuning in for enrolling. If you are, you know, gonna be a weekly listener, I'm really, really grateful for that. Um I know I said I wanted to get this podcast off the ground on the first of January. Was hoping to get you know this podcast going into the new year. But hey, January is not the month where you just got to get all your shit together. So there's some things you got to unlearn. We got to unlearn with that. You know, the new year, yeah, you want to start fresh. But some things just don't go your way. And life is just issue sometimes. I just got real busy. So I'm lunching now. It's just February 7th. So it's no Um. So, yeah, I just want to, today I want to talk about the power of prayer. And I'm not a religious person by any means. Um, I grew up in a religious household with, obviously, a religious family, religious background, growing up in the South um, Mississippi. So you know all about that. Um, so there's some things that I had to unlearn and relearn and, you know, get to know God for myself. And it's been a rough journey. I can't even say that it's been seamless lift. Cause it's, it ha it hasn't it's been very very rough, but you know you learn different things as you grow old, as you mature, as you age, and I really got away from the religious part, and I wouldn't say I'm really really spiritual because I still have a ways to go with my spiritual journey, but I can say with confidence that. I do know God in a way that I've never known God before. And I kind of, you know, go back and forth with God being a woman, God being a man, to God just being a spirit, not having no, you know, no gender, because gender is such a societal thing and it's I don't know if it's real, you know, some things you just gotta understand. Um so sometimes I go back and I call God a woman, I go call God a God, call God a man. I'm sorry, and sometimes I just call God God, and God has no gender, but my relationship with God has transformed as I've transcended into my my phase of separation, and I say separation because. After I graduated from Jackson State, I moved to Atlanta to go to Morehouse School of Medicine where I met a lot of different people from, you know, different walks of life. And on top of that, with the friends that I moved to Atlanta with, you know, I can say without them, you know, I wouldn't be in the position that I am today. And there's certain things that you just don't understand when you are in the moment for one. And two, when you're young. You know, I went to grad school straight after undergrad. I didn't give my time I mean give myself time to process, you know, graduation. I just knew I probably wouldn't get a job after graduation, um, with a bachelor's degree given the Current climate of this fucking country. So I figured I had to go to grad school, even though I truly didn't want to. I figured I had to. So, you know, I got my bachelor's in psychology and I decided to go get my master's in public health because I knew I didn't want to be uh, a clinical psychologist because I had did an internship the summer before my senior year and I realized that not. I was like, no, this is too much for me. You know, I can't, I would be the type of person to take this home with me. And I don't feel like it would be healthy as a clinician, you know, helping your patients. So I wanted, I was already too far ahead in my psychology degree to change my my route. So I just decided to stick with it. Then I found public health. I want to say public health found me, but, um, I realized that I didn't have to change anything to get into the the program, so I applied. And honestly, Morehouse was the only school that I applied to. And I feel like God knew that that's what I needed at the time. Because I told myself, because I really was like half committed going to grad school. So I told myself, you know, if I get in, I get in. If I don't, I don't. And if I get in and I get a scholarship, I'm going to go. So I got in. I got a scholarship. So I went, and what I took from grad—I mean, what I took from undergrad to grad school, all of that followed me. You know, I was going through a rough, rough transition. Um, and grad school just kind of blew it all up at once. Um, so when I when I want to talk about the power of prayer, is that. For one, you have to be very, very cautious of what you pray for. Um, because God would definitely eventually give it to you. And you have to know that you're ready for whatever you just prayed for. But today I want to talk about prayer in the context of mental health. Because, because like I said, I grew up in the South. I grew up where, you know, people prayed things away. And for a long time, I always push back on that. And don't get me wrong. You know, there's still still some things that I don't agree with. But now I understand more of why prayer is the first thing that our people go, go to. You know, prayer historically has been, you know, the base for healing for our people since before slavery, into slavery, into the Jim Crow era. I mean, just. Throughout our history, you know, our faith and religion has carried us carried us through, you know, these, these, tough, these tough times. And whether it was right at the time, whether it was needed, whether we needed something else, you know, our religion and our faith was always there. The church has always been the staple of our community. And, you know, there's some things in the church that we don't agree with. There's some things in the church that we do agree with and i I was angry because you know you know you tell people you know, I'm going through a lie, you know blah blah blah, and people telling you, "Oh, you just need to pray, you need to pray it away, you need to pray it away, you need to pray that spirit off you, and for a long time, I didn't understand like why y'all figure that prayer is just gonna help everything, so now, when people say it, I don't push back as hard as I used to because prayer. Wow, I don't agree that prayer is the, you know, the the fix. It's not what's going to fix me. It's not what gonna. It's not what. It's not what's going to fix you. But it's a start. It's a start to the journey of progression and healing. So what I mean by that is, you can pray, but you have to listen to the response that you get from God. And for a long time, you know, people when we talk about communication, you know, it's two sides to the coin. Somebody has, you know, to give the message and somebody has to receive the message. So why do we skip receiving the message when it comes to prayer as in regard to our, our mental health? Because we pray that, we pray we want the spirit off of us. We want these thoughts to go away. We won't, to be healed, so God in turn responds with sending someone to help you, because I think that we we forget that God lives in each and one of us, you know whether i mean if you if you believe in God, if you believe that God is you know the creator of all things, if you truly believe in God, you know that God believes. I mean, God lives within all of us. So we have to be, we have to know that we are vessels and God heals people through other people. So when we pray that we want these these thoughts to go away, we want this, this heavy, sad, depressive spirit to be lifted off of us, and God sends help, you can't ignore that, because you pray for it, and I think that that's what's being lost, because I had to learn that myself, you know, I was praying that, you know, when I was going through the last few years, and I was praying like, God, please just get, you know, just get get this spirit off me. God was sending my friends. God was sending my family just trying to help me. And I was pushing it away. I was pushing away the help that I was asking for. And when you grow up the way I did, you know, going through things alone, um, it, it kind of sticks with you. And you realize that, yeah, I can do this by myself. But if I was smart, I would know that I don't have to. And truthfully, and truthfully, you you don't get that until you get older, right? I, I wasn't supposed to know that at 18, 19, even 20, 21 years old, 22, 23. So many things that I expected, that I expected myself to know, I didn't know. And I was so hard on myself because I didn't know that. And honestly, at 25, life has slowed down tremendously for me. And it's. Obviously some things I I don't know now that I probably would know at twenty six or twenty seven, twenty-eight, twenty-nine, obviously thirty, and so on. So I just want us to understand that prayer is not obviously not the fix, but it's the start. If you obviously believe in God, you believe in the power of prayer, and you believe that the creator can help you. But like I said before, our Creator helps us by bringing other people from all walks of life who live those experiences, who've been through what we've been through, been through a similar experience. And we learn through them because they were sent by God. So there's no way you can ignore the response of the prayer. Because the the response of the prayer might not be what you want, but it's what you need. So when we talk about mental health and religion and prayer, when we when we link those things, they don't have to be mutually exclusive because they're not. You know, things just look different. A person who may not believe in God, who, a person who may not believe in prayer, you know, they just get to help a little bit differently. But you 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 ask somebody something that you believe in a spirit a person that you believe in you act you truly ask that person for help and they sent it to you. It's just the navigation is different. You went you went a different route. It, it's it's all the same. It just looks different. So when we when we talk about just being. Of vessel to people, you can't overlook the prayer piece in our community specifically, especially in our community. Because, like I said before, historically, prayer, religion, and faith has been the base of our uh, resilience, our strength, and Even if you have removed yourself from it, it's still some part of it lives within you. Because, like I said, I'm not religious. You know, I've removed myself from religion itself because I believe that people in our community sometimes believe in religion more than God. When religion is man-made and God God is God. You know, God made you. So God loves you the way, you know, God created you. So why wouldn't you love that part about you? Why would you want to change that? Why would men want to change that if if God created you? I just don't believe that God, you know, just was blind making people. That doesn't make sense to me. But that's another, that's another conversation for another day. Right now we're talking about the power of prayer. As it relates to mental health, so honestly, like I said, I was going through a lot. You know, I was asking for help, and God was sending me these people. And don't get me wrong; sometimes it got it got overwhelming because there were so many voices. You know, I was, you know, I was on Instagram. Watching reels and stuff because I, I don't have TikTok. I don't have the actual TikTok app. I watch the reels on Instagram, and there's this sound because I moved to North Carolina after um I graduated from um, Morehouse School of Medicine because I got a job here and I moved, and I didn't know why God was taking me away from my friends, my family because I don't. I didn't know anybody in North Carolina. Um. This was a new ground for me. It was a new stepping stone. So I wasn't truly knowledgeable about why God was bringing me here. I just knew that it was a job that I needed, and it was a good paying job. It was a good job. It was a good start off. So I took it, and I, you know, I went by faith and that sight. And months into my stay here, and I was still like, okay, God, what are you trying to tell me? Like, why am I here? Because I feel lonely. But there's this this sound that I came across on this reel for Instagram, on Instagram. And it was just like, you're not lonely. I just separated you. You prayed for this. You prayed for healing. So don't question. (laughs) Well, you can question it. You know, you can question it. But just, just keep believing that. I have your best interest at heart. So God brought me here to separate me because in the midst of me asking for help, you know, my friends and my family obviously want the best for me, want me to be my best self, you know, was forcing what what they thought I need. And it, it was all good intentions. But sometimes you can... Get so caught up and you you start to lose and start not to recognize God's voice. So the sound on Instagram was saying that, you know, I separated you because I needed you to know my voice. I needed you to hear me as I take you where you need to go. You know. So. What I asked for, what I prayed for, God did. It just didn't look the way I I thought it would look. I, it, it just didn't. So we have to be very, very mindful of what we pray for. Because if you're not ready, you know, there's a big chance that you can mess mess it up. Mess whatever God has for you up. Um... Or sometimes you just won't understand, and I was ready, you know because I believed that in my journey moving here, there were some things that I learned there were people that I needed that god I feel like what God sent, my therapist for one, you know, without her, I don't. I don't move here. I don't. I don't understand. You know, there's certain things that I don't understand, and it's not something that you have to go through alone. And that's my biggest. That's my biggest lesson. You know, ever. It's like you don't have to do this alone. I'm not going to say that you. You know, have to learn these lessons alone. Be guided guide yourself because you don't have to there's people around you there's people that i'm going to send you you know you know guys going to send you that's going to help you navigate these emotions you know good or bad emotions and i don't even believe in good and bad emotions emotions are emotions you feel them you know i always been the person and be like you have to feel it and sometimes i'll contradicted myself when I didn't allow myself to feel my feelings because sometimes emotions can be very very overwhelming but I'm a big big believer in you have to feel those feelings because that was a time I was very very angry didn't understand why but I was angry and I'm not the type of person to get angry that was the first time in my life that I allowed myself to feel that anger and it It blew my mind how anger can be if you let it. Anger can be something that can take over your body physically, physiologically. And I just wonder, like, why am I so angry? Because it's built up. You know, it's a lot of built up emotion, built up tension that I didn't allow myself to feel over the years. I just, you know, pushed under the rug. Now I'm lifting the rug up and I'm just allowing these things. I'm sweeping, you know, it's like, I got to get these emotions and feelings out. If I want to be my best self, you know, the best woman I can be, the best sister, the best daughter, the best friend, you know, I have vowed to be my best self for myself first. But to also know that my friends and my family, and my family is who I, you know, I've chosen, the family that was given to me, everything, I I wanted to be my best self for them because they deserve that. I just didn't feel like I was giving them, you know, what they needed. So, why this shit is for me, first and foremost. It's for the people who helped me when I truly, truly, truly needed it. Because without them, I'm not sure i would still be here. So I prayed for help, and for a long time I pushed it away. I pushed what I was asking away for a long time. I pushed it away, and like I said before. As you grow and you mature, as you age, as you live life, as you experience life, as you experience the ups and the downs, as you experience mistakes, failure, you understand that, like I said before, you can do it alone. You can do it alone. But if you're smart, you know you wouldn't have to. It takes a village. It takes a community. You know, when I did my speech, you know, before I graduated, I talked about how I lack community, and sometimes we we have it, but we don't allow the people to come in and help and do what God said them to do, or what they're there for. You really have to lean sometimes. Leaning is not something that is should be deemed weak. Leaning is smart. Sometimes you gotta lean. Lean lean a little bit. Lean on the shoulder, lean on the on the person beside you. Because there's no possible way you can do this life by yourself 24 7. There'll be some moments where you're gonna need a little long time. You know, I have my I have my days. Trust me, I have my days. But in the past, I I think that I would have those days, and those days would turn to months, and those months would turn into, you know, even a a year or two, where you you go so far and it's hard to come back. And when I realize that I have those days, I'm making my business, I you know, I make it a priority to say, okay, Quinn, you have two days, you have two days to recuperate to be by yourself to have your alone time but come back you have to come back if you don't come back it's gonna be you know it's gonna be trouble so you know I give myself those couple of days and I force myself to reach out to, to some reach out to someone because you have those connections you know at least once a week You know, once a week you start off small, reach out to somebody once a week. You might even get to two people within that week. And for me, it's got to three. And it don't have to be the same three, or same two, the same one. But I you know I play my part and I, I do my part and I, you know, make sure that people are okay because we not we all going through something. That's just the bottom line. We all going to do something. And I ain't going to say that, you know, I have it all figured out. Some things I'm still learning. Some people I'm still trying to make my way back to because time and distance and life has drifted us so far apart, you know. Trying to navigate through that, trying to make sure that, you know, I don't lose the people that I want forever in my life that need to be in my life. Because, you know, you want people in your life, but you now you don't always need them. And it's so it's nothing against them. It's nothing about you. It's just you got to learn that people are, you know, in your life for a season, not a lifetime. And it's okay to meet new people. It's okay to allow, allow new people into your life, because all in all, we pray for that. You know, we like to think that we are, you know, these human mm-hmm. species who can go without human connection, and that's just not true. We pray for all the time, whether we know it or not. Because that all connects to our mental health. And I'm very, very proud of myself and my friends around me because we are slowly but surely breaking these so-called generational curses, where we as black women specifically have been deemed strong, so strong that we don't need help, that we don't need each other. But we, whether we have um, communicated verbally, or directly, indirectly, we have shown and said that, you know, we need each other. We need other people. You know, I can confidently say that the women and, and I've surrounded myself with, you know, we all are taking care of ourselves in a way that we need to. We're we're all trying to be better women, better people. Like I said, better sisters, better daughters, better friends, better cousins, better—I don't know. I don't know. Better. We're just trying to be better. And if that doesn't inspire you, I don't know what would because um, people might not see the effort but if, if you've surrounded yourself with people that you know are going to be in your life for the rest of your life they see it they're taking note it it hasn't gone in vain I promise you I see it and yeah life has you know we, we're doing our own things and we might not talk every day we might not talk we might not talk for months, but when we do talk, when we do reconnect, the love is there. Love never, the love never went away. Because we pray for that. Everything I've ever prayed for is this human connection, people helping me. It's just I couldn't receive that because I didn't allow myself to receive. It have to be mindful, like I said, you have to be mindful of what you pray for because you just might get it, but you have to be ready to accept it. So I want this lesson to be for us as black people, as black women, as even, you know, we have kids, just instill that. You know, prayer is not the fix. It's the start. And prayer is communication with your your higher power, your divine creator. And communication is a two-way street. If you're going to ask for something, you have to listen to the response. It, it, it might not be what you want, but you have to listen to the response. You have to listen with it with the intent to understand, with the intent to receive that message. So if you pray for something, you pray for healing, you pray for help, you have to be willing to accept it when you are given a response. You can't be like, oh, I don't need this. This is not what I wanted. No, it's not what you want. But it's what you need. Yeah, thank you for tuning in to this episode. I feel like it was a it was a great first step, first episode for this podcast, and I just can't wait to continue. You know, with the lessons, with the experiences. Um. So yeah, thank you for joining in, and I really, really hope that this touches somebody's heart, someone's mind, soul, and. You allow yourself to receive what you want, and that's help. Thank you.